I want to uh, deal with some of the fundamentals of our faith today, and um, you may leave here today saying, Pastor, I already knew those things, and that may be the case, but one thing that I've learned is that uh, people can hear something over and over again, but not have it really connect to their lives. And I want to be sure that when you leave this place today, you know the fundamentals of what we believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, some of you may have seen the motion picture a few years back called The Apostle. Anybody see that, that, that movie? A lot of people saw that movie. In that movie, Robert Duvall plays a flawed but talented Pentecostal-type preacher. And in one of the services there, he conducts a type of litany that's kind of like a, a Jesus cheer. And I've got a cut from YouTube that I want to show you this morning that shows this, this Jesus cheer from uh, Robert Duvall there. Who's the king of kings? Jesus! For Abraham was, was who? Jesus! Who's the person of that? Jesus! If I'm on the devil's hit list, who do I have by my side? Jesus! Who's the lily of the valley? Jesus! Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, who is by my side? Jesus! Come on and say to the beloved. Jesus! If I wake up in hell in the morning, who do I look up to? Jesus! Shout it loud and say, Jesus! Jesus! I can't hear you. Jesus! 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 His name is Jesus! Jesus! Here's another handcuff for Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on, give me a handcuff. Through the valley of the shadow of death, en el valle de la sombra, I will fear no evil. No le tendré miedo al peligro. Because I'm walking with Jesus. Porque camino con Jesús. I walk with Jesus. Camino con Jesús. I talk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. Camino con Jesús. I shout with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I stomp with Jesus. We stomp on the diablo. We stomp on the diablo. I'm gonna walk with him. Somebody, come on, somebody, give me an amen. Now, that's not our style of worship here at Community Baptist Church, but it's kind of invigorating, isn't it? It's, it's kind of invigorating. It does show us that, that there are all types of worship out there, and we should be respectful of all. But as far as the content of that liturgy, and that was that first part that I really wanted to focus on today, as far as the content of that liturgy, can we really argue with it? No. I mean, after all, who is the King of Kings? It's Jesus. And who was before Abraham? It was Jesus. Who is the first and the last and the lily of the valley? And who walks by my side even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? It is Jesus. And today we want to celebrate Jesus. And especially we want to celebrate the culmination of history when Jesus Christ shall reign over all. That's what John foresees in his vision of Christ portrayed in the book of Revelation. And he expresses it through such rich symbolism. In Revelation chapter 1, he says, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ who was the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead 
and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. I will not be offended if I hear somebody shout Jesus right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, we may get some spirit in this place yet. Folks, if you want to know where history is headed, that's it. There it is. Christ will one day reign over all. As the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 2, Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is indeed appropriate for us to spend some time this morning celebrating the fact that Christ is King. But there are some things that we believe about Jesus that everyone needs to know. And to understand. And the first thing is this. We believe that Jesus is God incarnate. In other words, if you want to understand God, then all you need to do is look at Jesus. Pastor Edward Marquardt once made an astute observation about a well-known study conducted uh, some years back at the University of Minnesota it involved the study of identical twins who were separated at birth. A physiologist studied these twins in order, in order to prove how powerful their environment was on these twins who had been separated at birth and had lived apart for 30 or 40 years. And here's what he discovered. He discovered that even though they were separated from birth, and even though they spent 30 or 40 years apart, these identical twins were still very much alike in ways different from their physical appearance. The way they reacted to smoke, the way they crossed their legs, even the similarity of their toothpaste. The, the physiologists measured their galvanized skin responses using electrodes on their skin uh, to record different uh, reactions to stimuli. They listened to symphonies and the measurement was the same. They're, they heard shocking noises and their brain responded in just the same manner. Even though these identical twins had been separated from birth, they had the same genes and they had the same chromosomes. And so after many, many years, they were still very much alike. Well, Pastor Marquardt makes this observation. He says, what the Bible is saying to us is that Jesus is identical to the Father. Christ is the same substance of the Father. The same nature. And so if you want to know what the Father is like, then you need to look 
at the genetic reproduction of the son. On one occasion, the disciple Philip said to to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered him and said, Don't you know me, Philip? Even Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So my friends, here's the first thing that we believe about Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus is God incarnate. The second thing that we believe about Jesus is that he is the Savior of the world. John writes in our lesson for today from Revelation, Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us, And has freed us from our sins by his blood. Do you see that? Jesus came into this world to save us. As the gospel of John says so eloquently in chapter 3 verse 17. For God did not send God's son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. What an important verse of scripture that is. Most all of us have heard John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's a wonderful verse of scripture. But the next verse is just as important. For God did not send God's son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You know, to hear many Christians talk these days, The main reason Jesus came into the world is to condemn people. And if Jesus won't condemn them, then many of his followers will, won't they? (laughs) And they have their list of those who don't measure up. And sadly, they speak very loudly. And the world thinks that, that they speak for Jesus. But let me tell you something, folks. They don't. In fact, that's one thing that I love about This church, this is a church of acceptance, like Jesus. It is a church that prefers to follow the lead of Jesus, not to condemn the world, but to work towards the world's redemption. You know, a couple of years ago, we went through a values clarification process here at Community Baptist. And do you know what was determined to be the number one core value of our church? Acceptance. That was the number one thing. And if you look at the current brochure that we have uh, to tell people about Community Baptist Church, you will see under our core values that it says this, the very first thing. It says, all people are acceptable and accepted at Community Baptist Church, no matter where they are on their spiritual journey. And that's true. Only wish it could be true for all churches. There's a humorous story about a community that held an Easter pageant a while back, and Different people in the community played the the various roles, and the Jesus character was played by a a big, burly 
oil field worker, primarily because he was the only one that was strong enough to carry the cross, the heavy wooden cross there. But as they came to that part where, where Jesus was being led off to be crucified, there was a, a little man who was simply a part of the jeering crowd, and he got caught up in the emotion of the moment, and, and he joined in the shouts of crucify him, crucify him, and as the man playing Jesus was being led away, he had to walk right in front of this little man who was still shouting at the top of his lungs. And the little man was so consumed by the moment that he actually spit on Jesus as he walked by. Well, suddenly everything came to a grinding halt. And this big, burly oil worker stopped in his tracks, wiped his face, the spit from his face, looked at the little man and uttered the most memorable lines from the play. He said, I'll be back to handle you after the resurrection. <laughs> well, that's a very human response to being spit upon, isn't it? But it was not Jesus' response. Jesus even forgave those who put him on that cross. If only Jesus' followers could be so forgiving. But here is where the divine side of Christ comes shining through. He forgave his enemies. He even forgave those who cursed him. He forgave those who spit upon him. He forgave those who even drove the nails through his hands. And surely someone who could do even that can forgive you and me. My friends, Jesus not, did not come into this world to condemn us, but to save us. And there may be someone here today who came into this place feeling condemned. Maybe you've been through a, a divorce or maybe you have betrayed your spouse or maybe secretly you've been nurturing an addiction or harboring ill will and hatred towards another person. There are many, many reasons that people feel condemned. But let me tell you something, folks. That is not the spirit of Christ. Christ came to save us, not to condemn us. And folks, we blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ when we condemn others in the name of Jesus. He did not come to condemn us. He came to save us. And so folks, if you came into this place with a feeling of condemnation today, then leave it at the door. Because this is what we believe. Christ is God incarnate and he is not our condemner. He is our savior. But there's one more thing to be said this morning. Listen to the rest of this verse from Revelation. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Did you hear that? Christ has called us to be a kingdom and priests to serve God. But what does that mean? Well, a part of the reason that Jesus came into this world was 
to establish a group of people who would serve him in the world. John calls them a kingdom and priests. And, and do you know who he's talking about when, he's, when he says these things? He's talking about us. You and me. You and me. We have an important role to play in Christ's work. He has entrusted to us the continuing work of telling the world the good news that God is not a God of condemnation, but a God of salvation. Paul tells us that we are ambassadors for Jesus and that he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So we have a part in all of this. We are continuing the work of God's kingdom here on earth. I like the way Philip Yancey once put it. Philip lives in, in Colorado and he loves to climb the mountains around uh, his home. And he says that on a summer weekend in the mountains, he often sees casual hikers who have no idea what they're doing, basically. Tourists. They come into the Rocky Mountains and they, they think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to hike the Rocky Mountains? And so they take off without, doing, without knowing what they're doing. They wear sandals and shorts and T-shirts and they carry a single bottle of water and they step up, uh, st start up the trail late in the morning. They have no map, no compass, no rain gear, and they have no apparent knowledge of the, the sudden thunderstorms that roll in many summer afternoons, making it imperative that they reach the summit before noon and start their way down to the safety of the timberline. Well, one of Yancey's neighbors who volunteers with the Alpine Rescue has told him some hair-raising stories about tourists who must be rescued from certain death after wandering off of the trail or falling or simply being exposed to a sudden hailstorm or a sudden 30 degree drop in temperature. Nevertheless, he says that regardless of the circumstances, Alpine Rescue always responds to the call for help. Not once, says Yancey, have they lectured a hapless tourist. Well, since you obviously ignored the most basic rules of the wilderness, you'll just have to sit there and, and face the consequences. We won't help you. No. That's not what they do. Their mission is rescue. And so they pursue every needy hiker in the wilderness, no matter how undeserving or ignorant they may be. A whistle a cry, a flashing mirror, a bonfire, an SOS spelled out in, in pine branches, a message from a, of distress from a cell phone. Any of these signals will call Alpine Rescue to mobilize teams of medically trained searchers. And Yancey writes this. He says, I have come to see the central message of the Bible, too, as one of rescue. In the book of Romans, Paul takes pains to point out that none of us deserve God's mercy and none of us can save ourselves like a stranded hiker. All that we can do is to call for help. My friends, do you understand 
that, God, that God's call to this church is to be a rescue team. That's who we are. And that's what we're about. And so we celebrate who Christ is today. And we also celebrate who we are. Jesus is God incarnate. And Jesus came into this world not to condemn us, but to save us. And we are those who are called to serve as Christ's rescue team. A kingdom and priests seeking to save the least and the lost. And so it's my prayer that as we go from this place today, we would go and be God's people. Amen.